my mom didn't talk to me for 3 days the only thing she told me was uh, it's very risky i will die google map does not tell you about the safety aspect about the terrain about whether you will find water there's this faith in humanity that i had i'm like you know i'm going to get contacts i'm going to start getting connected to people and that's how it's going To tackle the issue of mental health, everyone has their own solutions. But I guess for today, Ronit Ranjan has taken matters into his own hands. I'm your host, Mithil, and you are listening to the Curiosity Canada Show. Ronit's dreams to join the army never became a reality after he suffered from a back injury that never goes away, even to this day. But despite the pain, he's now walking across India from Kanyakumari, which happens to be the southernmost point of the country, to Leh. which is over 4000 kilometers away high up in the himalayas to talk about mental health as a trauma survivor himself so what does he want you may ask he started a petition to include mental health as a non graded course in the school curriculum across india currently midway through his journey for a blisters ronit shares his story of personal growth including how his perspectives about mental health have changed and i promise after listening to them yours will too Thank you Ronit for joining me today and welcome to the show. So how how long has it been since you started walking? It's going to be a little over 2 months now. Uh, I started walking on 16th of November. And when do you expect that you'll be able to complete this walk? Um I'm expecting to hit Delhi by mid of March. Um and then from there, you know, as long as it takes to get through all the ministries and then after that another month or so somewhere between mid May. is one where i'm expecting to finish the entire walk i see so you are planning to go all the way up till the northern point is it yeah because this is a very long commitment yeah. it's something which like detaches you completely from the from your main life so why did you come to this point that you had to take this initiative why what's your motivation behind it uh there is a personal reason to it and i mean i have i have had my my journey of mental health issues and the entire journey of coming out of it uh, and then advocating it um my dream was to get in the army and after 12th i entered the national defense academy in 2015 and everything was going well because that was the dream of my life and i was you know i had worked very hard to get there but then like, that's not how life has its way of going about things Uh, and in 2007, I suffered from a severe back, severe back injury, and I was declared medically unfit to continue in the army. I spent 50 days in the hospital, only to realize that it's a permanent injury and nothing could be done about it, and that my entire blueprint had gone down the drain. That was the phase when I contemplated committing suicide as well. After I came out, after I came back home, you know, I went through mental health issues. um the first eight days i didn't speak to anyone initially i didn't know that you know something was going to happen i was just in uh, grief and i and i stopped talking and i stopped laughing and i stopped eating got to know that i was going through depression and ptsd because of the injury and uh, initially i thought i was the only one you know going through this but then after a couple of months you know when i was in a position to talk again uh, to get to to be more sensitized towards things like mental health and depression and suicide and all of that I realized that I was not the only one going through it. Every person is going through their mental health journey 
every person is fighting their battles and you know for every person they've had they've been hit or they will be hit eventually in their life um and that's when i realized that you know it's it's a field which is so untouched in terms of the ground level reality i'm sure there are a lot of conversations out there happening on social media or the internet about mental health and its importance but on the ground level there's nothing um and for the past 2 3 years i have been advocating about the importance of mental health and uh, how important it is to just reach out for help you know to to talk about your emotions to just open up and while i was advocating mental health i realized that in in such a big country like india you cannot talk about things and see the change you have to bring a ground level policy change if you actually want to see a change and what policy change do you want the government to implement before nep 2020 we never mentioned mental health in uh, the education policy and for the first time they have mentioned mental health which is commendable by by the government but it's very incomplete so that's where i started the petition you now asking them to incorporate a mandatory curriculum like it's it's time that mental health is treat, treated as something exclusive uh in the schools something that needs a separate space you know to be spoken of and that's where in the idea for petition came in uh we started getting signatures online and i was talking about it but then again the same problem was there that you know more than half of india's population does not have an internet connection so how do they sign the petition which is online the answer was that i just go tell them so that's when i decided to walk the entire country and i've been walking for the past Two months, more than two months. I'm just wondering, how has COVID played a factor in this journey? Because people are wearing masks. Because the timing to me for this it yeah. seems a bit odd in terms of let's say when a pandemic is going on, it's in full, mm-hmm. it's in full rage mode in India, especially. Of course, I knew it was dangerous for uh, other people and for myself as well because I'm the one who's going around places. Uh, but the thing is, I had been waiting. Yeah. for for the intensity to come down but covid was not going anywhere you know there was no signs of a vaccine or something like that um and the cases were only going up and i just couldn't i just could not not do anything about it um and of, i i knew for a fact that initially when i start that the that uh, how do i put it let's say on a scale of 1 to 10 that i'll be only be able to hit like 6 or 7 which was the case you know i I wasn't able to visit all the offices, all the schools and colleges, right? Because most of them were shut down. Yeah, but why now? Like, why not a year later when COVID would have been probably gone? Why now? I had to make a call, in the sense that next year, twenty twenty one, the new curriculum framework is going to be out, and once it gets implemented, like the it is literally there in the document that it's going to change after next fifteen to twenty years. So. if you do not put the right thing right now you are sorted for 15 to 20 years which is why timing becomes very important another thing was covid has taken a hit on mental health of everyone this is the time wherein people have been little sensitized towards the importance of mental health so had i waited for next year right by next year let's say the world comes comes back to normal right we come back to normal to ignoring mental health because you know that's how that's how we are How did you manage to get your family on board this idea with you? I told my parents one month before I decided to leave. In the sense, like, oh, my, what was their reaction? My mom didn't talk to me for three days. She told the only thing she told me was, uh, "Don't do this. It's very risky. I will die." Is what she told me for three days. 
my dad and my sister also took a week to get on board so after my dad and sister were on board uh, then we started you know talking after a week we started asking the question i'm a mom to write down all the things she's afraid of so she made a huge list and one by one we had to answer all of her questions and then eventually she started talking 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 and took a month took a month to just get her on board and now that she's on board how is you know how is like she still able to face a society because i assume that um they must be you know the backlash from the society from the relatives that you have in your family on one side of the coin you know people uh, really appreciate and respect what i'm doing um they they say good things about my parents for to be brave enough for me doing this on the other side of the coin there are people who call me crazy who call my parents crazy for for letting them do it uh, and then it it sometimes that effect does affect her. crazy as in what sense crazy in terms of uh, so uh, the the basic narrative how like i was taught or how we all been taught is that you finish your school and then you graduate and then you get a job and eventually you you know you marry and get mm. settled and at my age at 23 you'll find all these relatives and all these uh, you know, the, the the neighbors and all um who keep rooting you know okay oh, okay he can do this he can do that right now it's 23 it's the age of building his life why is he why is he left everything and is walking and soon the, the marriage also <laughs> yeah exactly so all of that happens so you know we we just have a thick skin for it now the one thing i have learned you know in, in the past 23 years of my existence is that if you want to do something good you need to have a thick skin because there will be people throwing shit at you and uh, you totally have to I mean ignore that. Let's talk more about the actual walk and the logistics of it. How do you plan your route? Do you just use Google Maps? Yeah, uh so I'm only I'm, I'm only uh, walking on the national highway because I'm walking alone. See, anything could happen. So if something happens, at least it'll be visible like because there's always some uh, you know, some vehicle going past like every 5 minutes. So visibility increases. So that's the safety purpose. second is um, it's less most of the routes are straight because it's a national highway so less chances of me getting lost here and there uh, rest is google map google maps say i decide uh, where i'm going to halt for the next day which is the which place will be the next stop for the next day that's how that's how it's going so how long do you walk for in one stretch so one day stretch the average has been 40 to 50 um and and it it varies it sometimes it's 35 as well those are the shorter routes 30 35 some days it's 65 to 70 as well uh, it totally depends in which is the next populated area because these long stretches the forest stretches are the long stretches because you don't find anything in the middle so those you have to finish it uh and when you are nearing a city then every 30 to 40 you get something so yeah so every 30 to 40 kilometers you usually do and how long of like um let's say how many days before you I I'm on road by 4:30 in the morning um and I finish my walk at 1:30 2:30 sometimes 3:30 sometimes 12:30 as well depending on uh, that day's target so but then where do you sleep because you uh you crash in a proper place let's say after a couple of days right because it takes you time to you know you're on the highway and highways are long and so yeah. how do you manage your sleep do you carry a sleeping bag No I don't. So see that's the thing now when I'm walking so every day so I walk like I have to reach a place reach my destination and I crash there for the night. So it's just for the night. Um I sleep there. 
and then next morning at 4:30 i start walking again i do it again and again and after like after 7 10 days uh, when i reach a big city that's when i take a halt that's when i take 2 3 days off and i sleep a lot i take care of my blisters i take care of my body uh, i hydrate i meet people i like i need to take care of my mental health as well i chill uh, that's where in the big cities i meet meet big people Uh, I get more contacts. We we do some events there. Get the ball rolling. Get get some more momentum. Then use that momentum further to further the movement. But do you every but every time like every day every night do you find a place to stay in successfully? In most of cases, right now I am right. Initially it was difficult. So initially when I was walking, you no know, people did not believe I was doing this. So I was not getting contacts. And what did you do about the situation? I am like okay I mean social media I think I don't think social media is going to work but then there's this faith in humanity that I had I'm like you know I'm going to get contacts I'm going to start getting connected to people and that's how it's going uh it's not been a smooth journey at all there have been a lot of hiccups in the middle but you know right people at the right time have showed showed up and have kind of helped me in figuring out the way be it the route you know staying uh, eating uh getting contacts uh helping me meet people and all of that yesterday i i put a story uh, i put a post of the route the madhya pradesh route and you know couple of people dm that you know they were this in this area so i got a contact for tomorrow's place so social media has been helping me as well and now it's getting a little easier to find places because now i have like a lot of newspaper articles with me right so i just google and show and then the moment they see that this guy oh he's on the paper then they are very friendly like Like I remember, I uh, in the Andhra Pradesh route. No, Andhra Pradesh route. No, in the Maharashtra route. I've also stayed in the police station recently only. I, all I said was, "I'm like I need a place to crash," and they have so much ample of space. Uh, <laughs> so they just let me stay. So they they so, just offer you a cup of tea and then just be like, "Be a guest." Yeah, tea and also here's the thing. After after they ask, obviously they ask me, "Where are you? Who are you? And where are you coming from?" And then I tell them that this is happening. Then people are usually very welcome. They'll offer me tea. Some of them also offer me like food and all of that. What's been the biggest challenge for you? Here's the thing. Google Map only tells you the route. Google Map does not tell you about the safety aspect, about the terrain. about whether you will find water or whether you will encounter wild animals and all of that is the local lights who tell you that it's not safe so that's there animal encounters have been scary uh, <laughs> i was told put this madhya pradesh uh, maharashtra route mein there was some tiger sighting and i was shit scared uh, so that also has been there so uh, psychologically also it takes a hit but as a particular moments as such moments have been you know when when i couldn't get a place to crash wherein uh, i ate something and my you know my my i got food poisoning in the way as well because i couldn't adjust the food or i wouldn't get water on my 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 blisters are bleeding or my back is aching you know those are moments which get difficult has there been like points where you just felt like that you know what i'm just done with this and with all the issues that i'm facing with all these difficulties that i'm facing you know what i think i've yeah. done some work so i think let's just quit it now and just go back home yeah there have been times when you know i'm like what am i doing you know it that it, it, it will it work or like what have i taken up should i have done more preparation should i have waited or should i have done it before and all of that um what's the point sometimes i'm like what's the point of me doing it i i could be you know in my room i could be working and all of that 
I think then the same should be applicable to your parents as well because I mean they must have their own doubts all the time. I'm sure your mom also has those doubts that you know why should why did I yeah. send my son to do this? Why did I allow him to do this? So here's the here's the here's the funny thing about life is that sometimes you don't get all the answers. Um, sometimes as 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 much as you find want to like you want things to be in a certain way, and it's not gonna happen. and you try to make sense of everything but sometimes you just can't make sense sometimes you have to just respect what's happening so i think both my parents and even i sometimes we just respect whatever's going on and i think that way it's been uh, it does help out in a couple of ways where you know things are not going the way we want and you know it gets a little difficult and we just like like okay this will this too shall pass which is respect and that time that so having this I mean, haven't your like parents felt that you know, like maybe they can just like you know catch a train or catch a plane and then you know see you somewhere in the middle? Uh, I mean, that is that was the plan once, but then uh, that kind of didn't work out. But I am uh, planning to visit my parents soon, so I am planning to. So I have to reach. This is where I tell that I have to reach Jaipur before twenty fourth. Twenty sixth of February is my parents' twenty fifth year anniversary, Panera anniversary, and uh, uh, it's just that. Like I have to go visit them. So my mom keeps telling me that you know, like I'm like my mom. What do you want? And this and that. I'm like my biggest gift will be you coming down. So what I have planned to do is when I reach Jaipur, I take a flight, go home, stay with my parents for their uh, like we they're hosting a party. They're calling their close ones and all. Be there, come back, and then keep walking. So it's gonna be like a two day trip. I'm gonna go and uh, so yes, that is the plan. It's gonna be like a moral booster for me as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Like I'm literally counting days. I, If I could, I would just show you that uh, I have this chart. You know, so in the army, we used to calculate every day. We used to cross every day. It was called D L T G H days left to go home. So I'm literally counting my D L T G S as well. So let's go back to your walk for one sec. When you go to a city, what is it that you exactly do? What's your schedule going to look like? How detailed do you plan everything? Right now, when I reach a city, like when I'm like you know when I'm entering through the national highway. It, like the city, it's visible from from the far, right? And I'm like, oh damn, it's coming, it's coming, and like I just, it just increases my pace. Uh, when I reach there, uh, first is to the first day, I just sleep and eat. I hog like a pig. Um, I meet people there. So when I when I reach the cities, I have two agendas. First is to uh, meet people, get media involved, get talk to different people, get some more contacts and all of that. You know, just again uh, increase the momentum. Second is to meet with people. Uh, to chill for a bit, to make some friends, uh, to just uh, I don't know, take care of your physical and mental health as well. Just roam around the city for a bit, you know, just take a pause. And when do you go and meet the department officials? When do you do that stuff? When do you go and meet, like, let's say, the district councils, the district magistrates? In the daytime. So, uh, so let's say when I reach Nagpur. So before I was reaching Nagpur through social media, I uh, there was this mental health organization, Dear Mind. Uh, and we collaborated. Uh, we decided to collaborate when I come down there. So they kind of helped me figure out. So we did a program on twenty fourth. We did an event on. We we like we got hold of a couple of people who were bullied in their school times, and we uh, organized like open space and fifty sixty people signed up, and we spoke about it and put it in the front, uh, put it in press as well. That happened. Then I met the collector. Nitin Gadkari happened. Nitin Gadkari. So just happened because like I was pushing a lot of people and they got some contacts and all of that. So this is how we do it. 
so I reached there. So like, okay, his dad knows this guy who might be able to connect with this guy and this guy, this guy, this guy. Uh, as simple as I got connected with those one guy. So the the family who hosted me in Nagpur, two families hosted. So I thought, yeah, I should give them like a farewell gift. And I went to this place called Clayland. It was a random. I just found it on Google, and I went and I, I have this habit of striking conversations. So I st- I struck a conversation with the owner, and and turns out that he. His, he was somehow related to the Chief Justice of India. And he said that you should totally meet him. He's from Nagpur. Uh, but that time he was not there. But then he told me that, you know, he's part of this uh, All India Journal or All India Reporter. There's this organization who print journals for for the law fraternity. And he said that if you have an article and if it has a lot of substance, you pass it to me. We're going to run through the editorial team. And maybe if it reaches out, if it gets the attention of the CJI or even any high court for that matter, right? So what you do essentially is that you just go to places and then you just talk to as many people as you can because somebody is going to know somebody and then that yeah. person is probably going to introduce you to somebody else and that's how you're going to reach higher up. Yeah. And how has the reaction of these officials been? Are they very keen on this idea? What did they do about it? Or just like they shrug it off? See, they're very welcoming. Yes. No, they're very welcoming. So uh, it depends on who is it. So these collectors and all, they're very welcoming to the idea. People in the schools, organizations, collectors and all, they're very welcoming to the idea. Uh, and then they, they take it seriously. So like right now, I have to follow up to a couple of collectors who's, who are doing amazing work in the education field. Uh, this this one person, Praveen Rao in Hyderabad, uh, he's changed the game of like uh, education of the, uh, you know, the underprivileged kids. Uh, he, he He's taking care of 80,000 kids just under his belt. Uh, and these people are from the uh, underprivileged background. And then he's told me that to send the curriculum across and he's going to run like a pilot project uh, in his institution as well. So some people have been very welcome. It's just that as I'm walking, I've come to realize that uh, there are a lot of things. Like India has so many problems, so many problems. So like most of them are caught up in other problems. It's not that they don't care. It's just that they after they don't have the physical capacity after one point to entertain other things. Uh, which is understandable. When I when I initially started walking, I kind of had the assumption that people don't care about mental health. What I have realized till now, till like my two thousand year, two thousand kilometers of walking, is that people mostly care. It's just that they don't have the agency or the capacity to do something about it. So after one point, they just you know stop thinking about it and they just leave. So it what you're saying is essentially that you know these people, these offic- officials, they do care about mental health and they do recognize it. But at the same time, yeah. the problem is that, you know, it's too big of a challenge for them to solve. So they just, you know, like. Not too big of a challenge, but it, it's something. So they have to go out of their way to do something about it. You know, because pe- pe- the society doesn't recognize mental health as something that important. Ki it needs to be in a separate, uh, you know, conversation. So again, so uh, let's say out of the 10 officials, these are the officials I'm talking about. Officials I meet. Again, it's a 5-5, five, 50-50. Five, Five of them asked me, so what can be done? How can we help? Right. Uh, and the and the other five are like, mm, okay, all the best. Take care. That's it. That's it. And they, so what they, do you answer to them when they ask you, like, how can they nothing. help? What do you I, ask from yeah, them? I mean, they, they, the rest five were like, um, oh, wishing you all the best. And then I tell them, this is what you can do. And then so this is legit how they talk. They're like, um, yeah, you know, it's a very good cause. You have my full support. Uh, we can get a picture together. That's their way of saying you can just bug off from here you know like i'm too busy for this but, but, then but the people who offer your help right what do they what do you ask from them so uh depends on their position so for like for example gadkari right he is the minister of transport he would not know anything about education and all of that right but he is a cabinet minister 
So you asked him if he could connect you to the Minister of Education, Mr. Ramesh Pokhriyal. So what I have asked Gadkari sir is like, please uh, get me in your letterhead uh, a letter of appreciation, um, uh, anything, acknowledgement, and ask Ramesh Pokhriyal to just sit down and talk to me uh, for a while, like have a detailed conversation about this entire campaign. This is what I've asked. So I'm following up. Let's see if I get it or not. And uh, let's say it's a collector. So with collectors, you you get more of uh, people in the education department, people who can help you out with the curriculum, or there's some initiative going on. You can have like a nice, rich conversation with them. The ideas as to how can it be uh, taken forward, what are the problems in bureaucracy, and how you can get through the bureaucracy and all of that. With with schools organization, it's mostly you know just get the petition signatures, you know, and connect me with more schools and more organization to get the signatures, and that's how it goes. So essentially, it's just you know going on to these offices and then you know just getting contacts higher up and higher up, so that by the yeah, time that you reach exactly. Delhi, that you already know that when you're reaching Delhi, yeah. that okay, I am I have to meet this minister, I have to meet this minister. All the people who can change the game are there in Delhi, right? So I need to build a base so that they take me seriously. So just to just to make them believe that I'm not just another guy, you know, talking all fancy and be like, I'm here, like I'm legit gonna, like it's to also prove and, you know, have like a back, like this entire setup. See, this is how it's going, right? You want to know about me? You just Google and you see the entire journey. That's what's going on. So as much as coincidental, a lot of things have been, your planning has helped you a lot. And given the wave that you're riding, I expect you'll be making a big splash in New Delhi. So how many signatures have you gotten so far in a petition? Total, uh, including offline and online, we are at 45,000 yeah. signatures. Oh, that's a lot. Compared to the guy, yeah, it's still <laughs> a long way to go. Um, you know, like the, the kind of response that I was expecting, like the response has been better. I was expecting that out of the 10 people, only four or five will be open to the idea of mental health, but six or seven are. So that way, it's like this little discovery comes surprise, which I have. And I'm glad that it happened. And so how have your views, you know, over the time, like over the over the entire work before you were going into this? You talked about the expectations, but how have your personal views towards mental health changed over these few months? So, you know, when you say mental health, for me, it was this uh, elite, not elite version, but this this narrative that was out on social media, like some of it. Uh, the lingo was different um, and uh, how do I put what's the word yeah, elite elite is the word I think because let's say in a place like Bangalore or social media right uh, I mean we always have solutions at the tip of our tongue any problem we have a solution for that uh, and and we thought that oh why are people not implementing it it's just that you have to take a lot of harsh realities of life into picture when you were a uh, a middle class or a lower class family trying to sustain yourself in India. Um, and it's not that they don't care about mental health, it's just that their understanding is different. You know, let's even say you speak to a couple of people for them, things like uh, roots, roots become very important, you know, family, culture, being, being comfortable with your own skin, all of that becomes important, which is kind of what mental health also talks about, which is, you know, body positivity, self-care, expressing your emotions and all of that. This is what mental health also talks about. It's just that, uh, the way we talk about it is different. The package is, packaging is different on social media, right? And I've realized that there's so much of overlapping. What I've come to terms is that when I was there and, you know, kind of blaming my older generation for not taking care and all of that, uh, what I've come to terms is that it was not fair and it was not fair on my behalf to blame them so much. 
they never had it as well it's not that they deliberately did this you know uh, i have become more empathetic towards uh, my 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 parents generation and my grand grandparents generation it's not that they don't care i think after you finish your work i probably it's this is the the most you will ever learn in your life uh yes at least till now i'm already getting a lot is it it will change a lot of things for me for me about me maybe uh i was talking about my tattoo yesterday so yesterday was a very emotional day for me so yesterday 28 january marked like 4 years to the injury that ended my career so it was a very emotional day for me uh and i made a video because apart from the lot of a lot of feelings that i was feeling i felt grateful for a couple of things and i just wanted to put it out um and i was talking about this tattoo that after, so i have a unfinished tattoo and i was planning to f- not finish it but then give another stage to it after the work is done once you reach delhi i think there are so many things that are going to happen which i cannot anticipate right now neither can you and yeah, uh, yeah. i think that is in some ways also the beauty of life i guess <laughs> there's a song okay that i keep on loop now this is something that when i get low or when i'm like doubting myself or like whatever is going on i play that song it's by welshy arms it's called legendary so it has a line it says that uh, what i am doing isn't just scary it's about to be legendary so i keep telling myself every when i'm going to hit delhi something will happen i don't know what's going to happen but i know something will happen so let's just see what's going to happen and i think whatever will happen i'm also preparing myself the walk is preparing me to kind of anticipate uh, and respond to whatever happens so let's see you have been listening to the curiously candid show i am your host mithil and thank you so much for tuning in today follow us on instagram at the curiously candid show twitter at curiously candid and youtube where we post clips behind the scenes and more make sure you subscribe to us on whichever platforms you get your podcast from and stay tuned for the next one